Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? I'll let it slide, I guess. You guys are tired. I'm tired. We'll get through it, I suppose. No, I'm just kidding. Kids, if you want to slowly make your way towards children's shirts while they're doing that, I will pray. Please pray for me. I always say this before I speak because I need your prayer. I do. It's not easy coming up here and speaking God's truth, so I need it just as much as you guys. So please pray with me. Father, just thank you so much for this day. Lord, thank you so much just for, man, your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you so much for just your truth, God. And Lord, sending your son Jesus to die for all of us. God, I just pray that if anyone's in here right now having a hard time just reining in and just being able to focus, God, I just ask that you just, man, whatever is distracting the Lord, just help them just, man, lay it aside for a little bit and just hear what you have to say today, Lord. And I guess, God, I pray that I don't get in the way of that, Lord. Just uh, just help me speak clearly, Lord, and, and just convey what you want them to hear today. Thank you so much. In your whole name we pray. Amen. All right. So, I you know, I like to try to... Anytime, especially lately, the last couple of times I've had the opportunity to come up here and speak a message to you guys, I always try to kind of give a backstory of why I'm, 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 I came up with the message I did. And a lot of the time it's because it came from a personal experience in my life, whether that was a long time ago or recent. And in this case, it's actually a recent one. Um, and what I realized was it was a this, this specific moment in my life um, kind of was just a culmination of continual behavior that I was blind to, that I had been told about, but I still wasn't willing to see. And I think some of you would be able to relate with me with that today. So today's message is called After the Fact. Um, The reason why I decided to call it After the Fact is because that is the literal terminology that was spoken to me that made it just hit me in the face, was after the fact. So what do I mean by that? There's times that I thought things were not as big of a deal after I hurt people, if I'm honest with you. There'd be times where I'd hurt people, right? And I'm sure maybe you guys can relate to me on this. You hurt somebody, right? Maybe someone said, you know, hey, you know, what you did here was wrong. Hey, what you did here hurt me. And, and you said sorry and you apologized, but did you only ever actually notice what you did until after they had to tell you something? That's kind of the point today. The, the whole idea is, is remorse versus repentance. There's a difference, and that's what I'm going to talk to you guys about today. So yes, what brought this message to me? There's been times I thought things weren't as big of a deal after hurt was expressed to me. Uh, there was, I would continuously apologize for doing the same thing over and over, yet nothing changed to make it different. That's another big one. How many times have someone come to you and say, hey, you did this, and it's the same thing, Ooh, over and over, and yet you apologize, and here's the thing. Sometimes I actually believe, because I know where my heart can be, I believe that you guys mean it. You mean the apology that you're telling this person, but you don't change your behavior. So how much are you actually sorry? That is a blind spot that I had, and that maybe you do too. I would make justifications in my mind. You know, my intentions were good, like I just said. Instead of focusing on the hurt I had caused, I was more worried about, hey, My heart's good in this, I promise you. I didn't mean that. Instead of caring about the fact that I just hurt somebody. That's a problem. (laughs) And this, this this one really hit me after I realized it. I would feign ignorance out of fear of once again messing up. 
You guys ever do that? Where you faint, you know? You're like, man, I'm just, I'm, you, get, you get scared, so you don't want to tell, you don't want to actually let someone know how, how, how much you actually am, are sorry. Like, you're almost like scared they're just going to like kick you out or something. I get that. I'm with you if you agree with that. Because that's, that's where I'm, I can be at sometimes. I'll feign ignorance. I'll, I'll, I'll make it seem like I didn't mean to do that when I actually did. I was lying. So yes, there were things that I had done. I felt bad doing these things over and over. But that was it. I felt bad. And at that moment, I didn't see the impact it was having on others until I was told. I would apologize, and I would mean it. But eventually, that stops having meaning. Words can only be words for so long. Because continual remorse doesn't amount to repentance. It's not the same thing. And that's something that I'm, like I said, this is what I'm currently learning. And that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. So like I said, in this situation um, that, that I was, that made after the fact stand out to me, what had happened was is, you know, I had not managed time well. I had not paid attention. I had not cared enough to let people know that we were running behind at an event. But we were coming back for another thing to do with a bunch of friends. But I had not spoken up to say, hey, we stayed later than we should have. I've done this a lot. For those of you that know me in my life, personally, you know I do that stuff a lot. And so in that moment when it was pointed out to me, I thought, I am sorry. But at that point, I kind of stopped right there. I said, hey, I, I am sorry. I, I mean that. I genuinely, I want to be better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for causing you hurt. I'm sorry for, for, for letting you down. And then what was said to me is, why is that only ever said after the fact? And I was like, boom, hit me. And it's funny because I've been told this before. That's the interesting part about this today for me personally. I'm kind of talking to myself as I talk to all of you is that I realized, man, I've been told this before. Why is it just now standing out? And I think it's because, <laughs> funny enough, you have to be in a place to hear, to hear that. Because if you're not, you can be told the same thing over and over again. And it can just be, I mean, people can try to burn it into your brain. But if you're not in a place to actually see what's happening, you're never going to get it. That's the problem. And that was my problem until that moment until I actually took a step back and went, whoa, he's right. I only, have to, I only care about the weight of it after the fact to hurt somebody. Why, why, why is my mindset not to, why, is my, why am I not preventing that? Why am I not caring enough beforehand to prevent that from even happening? Where's that, where's that say about my heart? And that's where this message was born from. Like I said, I've heard this term before, and it didn't necessarily stand out to me. I thought I understood what, being to- what I was being told. Like, I thought, I was like, you know what? And I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have, you can relate to me on this or not, but when you've been in the same situation over and over again, and like, you're like, you know what, man? This time I get it. You're like, I get it this time, and I'm going to change. I've done that so many times. And in this, in this situation, that's what it was. My arrogance got in the way. That's what it was. I didn't let it sink in. I think that's what happens to a lot of you on Sundays, too. A little side note. 
I think that you guys come here, and I think you come here because you think this is a good place and you know that you need to hear the word. You need to hear about God's message. You need to hear the gospel. But at the end of the day, it's very arrogant of you if you don't come in here having open ears. It is. So I'll give you a second here, because if that's what you've done so far, I'm going to give you an opportunity to open your ears and actually hear what's being told to you today. You ready? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I get it. This last time that I was told this after the fact, which it's been a couple weeks now, it struck me. I read it, and it wasn't just three words. It wasn't those three words you see on the screen. It becomes something much bigger, much more serious. It made me realize that if I continuously only feel the weight of a situation until after something has gone wrong, and I don't do anything to change it or even consider it next time, I'm sinning. That's sin. And like I said, my heart in that moment is in a terrible place. Like I said earlier, many of you like me, you know, you probably just said to yourself, that's only happened a few times, right? Because that's, that's what my excuse is. This has only happened a couple times. It's all right. I got grace, right? And maybe it has only happened a couple times. That's, that's, that's the thing. What, what if that thing that, that came to your mind it has only happened a couple times? It's still wrong. And we shouldn't settle for that. We shouldn't settle. Think about that mindset for a second. If you, if you, if you, if you mess up, say, say you do what I did, right? You take that situation, you keep doing it. And, and your mindset there is, I've only done it a couple times. What does that say about the rest of your life? What does that say about, about how you're living? You're making excuses for yourself. Like I said earlier, the, the key difference, not the key difference, the key point of my message today is the difference between having remorse in a situation and true repentance. And the Bible shows us great examples of both. It does. So, I'm going to see by nodding of heads here. How do you guys think you understand the difference between repentance and remorse? Do you think that that repentance is better than remorse. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'm going to start with remorse first instead of repentance. We have Judas. Judas was one of the apostles Jesus picked. He witnessed Jesus do miracles. He got to take part in miracles himself. And yet he betrayed Jesus and sold him out for a small amount of money. Now, before you sit here and think, my goodness, Judas is the worst. I would have never done that. You do it every day. Just remember one thing as you're thinking through this about Judas. Peter was the rock of the church even after he denied Jesus. Keep that in mind. And like I said, you turn your back on Jesus every day with how you sin. So you're no better than Judas. 
The key difference today is the response. It's the response to what happened after the sin. So the first verse I have for you today, we pick up in Matthew. Like I said, we're going to talk about Judas first. It's Matthew 27, 3 through 5. It says, Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. Judas was deeply troubled by what he did. He even took back the money. Think about that. He, the only reason why he decided to betray Jesus was to get some money. He took it back. Yet he chose his own way. He took his own life. Now I'm going to move on to Peter and set the stage for Peter compared to Judas. Peter was considered very close to Jesus, one of the three that, got, that he got real tight-knit to with him. He was the leader of the apostles, and Jesus poured much into him and told him that he would be the rock by literally changing his name to Peter instead of Simon. He, too, witnessed much of the incredible things Jesus did, and though he didn't always understand or even disagreed at times, Peter still knew who Jesus was. He was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But even then, he didn't realize he would come to deny and abandon Jesus. At this point, Jesus has been taken, and Peter had followed from a distance. And that's where we pick up again in Matthew. This is Matthew 26, 69 through 75. It says, Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus in Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, saying, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. <laughs> and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So remember, they both sinned. Judas sinned. Peter sinned. But here's the thing about Peter. The story doesn't end there. Jesus comes back and reveals himself to the apostles. And the third time that he does, Peter's back to fishing. He went back to his old life. He's clearly at this point still down, even though he's literally seen Christ twice at this point. He's still down and out. And he performs a miracle of fish again, Jesus does. And at that point, just like earlier in the book, they had caught nothing that day. <laughs> and he calls them back ashore to eat with him. And from here, this is where we pick up in John. It's going to be uh, John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Soon after that, he tells Peter to follow him. 
In that moment, he allowed Peter to reassure his love for Jesus and repent and follow him. It's a much different story than Judas. Peter still had a glimpse of hope even after Jesus had died. He still saw some purpose. And in that, he was able to repent, and the church began with Peter preaching the first sermon and thousands being saved. What's the key difference there? The response to the sin. Before I move on, I want you guys to think about that for a second. You know, Pastor Todd, you know, he has this really cool, you know, he, he did a sermon a while back, and it was just about the idea of, like, are you Peter or are you Judas? Which one are you? And it made me realize, man, I'm so much like Judas more than I even want to see. Because I would rather deny. I would rather deny things instead of face it and repent. Another example of repentance that some may overlook, or some can even relate to, is King David. When he, this is, I'm going to pick up in, let's see, Second Samuel 12. Uh, this is when he is approached by Nathan the prophet. At this time, David had slept with Uriah's wife and got her pregnant. He then tried to call Uriah back from the war to lay with her so it would look like his child. And after that didn't work out, he had Uriah killed in battle. And after he died, he took Bathsheba in as his own wife. God was not pleased with that. And that is when we sent, he sent Nathan to David, and this is what he had to say. He says, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had brought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are the man. Oh, man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king of over Israel. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Amorites. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and you have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to their neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Hmm. Sounds pretty heavy, right? 
But if you guys read Old Testament, I think you'd understand the absolute grace and mercy that was given to David in that moment. <laughs> David admitted his sin after it was revealed to him, just like some of us do. After we are, quote, caught, right? Because that's what happened to David. He was caught, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord. A big difference between you and I and David, though, is his life after. His life showed repentance even after his own son died. Many of us don't take that route. We don't. We are remorseful instead of repentant. This brings me back to the term that's been stuck in my head after the fact. If Christianity and how we show our faith is very much so based on the fact that we do indeed need a Savior, that means we are sinful and do wrong. Then we, then we differentiate ourselves by not just not sinning, but by our response to our inevitable sin, which is repentance. If you find yourself remorseful than repent, over being repentant or you make excuses for your sin, not only are you still sinning, but you have a serious heart issue. You are unwilling to follow one of the pillars of what you state you believe in. And if we aren't able to follow the pillars of what we claim to believe, how in the world do we expect to show others the truth? We lose sight of all we've been told to do and what the mission of our lives really is. And then we start to lose meaning. And before you know it, we feel lost. <laughs> how many of you feel lost, feel overwhelmed, don't know what, what the heck life's doing to you? Thank you guys for raising your hand. Appreciate that. I have a question for you. And it doesn't matter if you've been unwilling. Even up to this very moment, like I said earlier, if you haven't heard what's been told to you today, you still have a chance. That's the beauty of God. Are you willing now? Are you willing to truly follow what you claim to believe in? Are you willing to believe in how much God loves you? Are you willing to let go of all the junk you carry in your life and just lay it down to God? And instead of settling for remorse and caring only after the fact, repent and love like Jesus. That's the crazy part. We overcomplicate it. You guys think that the moment you, you decide to let, you think that when you say, oh, I have sinned, you think it's all over, and that's not true. It's the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite. What is freedom? Freedom is not hiding. Freedom is not hiding sin and then making excuses for it. Freedom is not making excuses. Freedom is going, man, I am sinful. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> That's freedom. There's freedom in Christ, there's freedom in repentance. You guys need to see that today. Think about these people we read about in the Bible, right? Some of these, I used just a couple stories today. But what's, think about King David. When you hear about King David, people go, man, what a, what's, what a cool king, what a great guy. That's a guy after God's own heart. They'll say that, right? But it's like they forget. We forget what he did. You don't recognize the freedom that man was living in. <laughs> because... When you put yourself in his shoes, what would you have done in your with your life after that? If you were a ruler 
and you decided to go against God and do all these things. And then because there's, there is, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? My mind's blanking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough up here sometimes. There is uh, consequences, that's the word. There's consequences to your sin, and that's what happened to David. God was gracious to David, but there was still consequence from his sin, which is what happened when his son died. But you know who was born after that? Solomon. <laughs> How crazy is that? So yes, I decided to use Judas and Peter today because I think that something to, take, to keep in mind from this message today is that they are the same. They are the same sinful people who Jesus chose to follow him. And he knew what they were going to do. He knew Peter was going to deny him, and he knew G Judas was going to betray him. But he also knew that Peter was still going to follow him after. He wasn't going to take it into his own hands. Judas was a very remorseful man. He felt bad for what he did. Do you feel bad for what you do? What do you do with it then? Again, remorse versus repentance. What do you do with it? Repentance is action. Remorse is feeling. What do we always say here? Faith is action. In that moment when Judas decided to take his own life, that was not an act of faith, clearly. He was overwhelmed with what he was feeling. He was so sorrowful, he said, this is it, I'm, t I'm, I'm done with this. Peter, on the other hand, felt just as remorseful, but what did he do? He didn't just stay in remorse, he turned it into repentance by what? Still having hope. He moved on. He kept going, you know what? There was something inside of him that was different. He said, you know what? Yes, what I did was absolutely terrible, but I'm going to keep moving on with my life. And Jesus said, I can work with that. He, he called him the rock for a reason, even, even when he knew what he was going to do. So then what can he do with you? If you decide to stop just living in remorse, and if you live in repentance, what can he do with your life? It's amazing. It's amazing what he can do with your life when you decide to just follow what he said to do. So today, you know, we usually, what we'd like to do is we usually do an altar call. Um, you guys got music queued up for that? Nice, awesome. Um, what that? What is that? Maybe some of you, this is your first time here. You know, we'll play some music. We'll have some people come up here to pray for you. You know, and this is your opportunity, man. Lay it down. If you've got something weighing down on you today, it doesn't, today it can end. Once again, what kind of Sunday do you want to make it? Do you want to make it any other Sunday because you got football to watch? Because you got food to go eat after this? Or do you want to ask, how real is this to you? Do you believe in what you claim to believe in? For those of you who don't know Jesus, maybe there's some of you in here that don't fully understand this because you don't know the Lord. I can tell you the gospel. It's the most important message in history. <laughs> God created everything. He made it perfect. He created us in his own image, and he loved us very much, and he still does. <laughs> we walked with him every day with no sin. Sin did not exist until we decided that we wanted more than what God said we could have. We wanted to be God 
So we chose to sin. In that moment, we were separated from God. We can no longer be in relationship with him because a perfect God cannot be with sin. And in, that, in the midst of that, that's when death, death was created, was from sin. So you take that, and now you fast forward all these thousands of years, and you look at what the world is now and how life is. We're all sinful people. <laughs> it says that unless you've lived a perfect life, man, like you, you need the Lord. You need a Savior. So in that moment, life has been lived. Thousands of years have passed. It's only gotten worse. Sin has just, sin has gotten bigger and bigger. You see it everywhere. It's everywhere now. You can just look somewhere and go, man, that doesn't seem right. Even deep down, even if you're not a believer, I think you you know something's wrong. (laughs) Now here's the beautiful part. God sent himself down the flesh, Jesus Christ. He lived, he existed, he lived a perfect, sinless life for you, for me, so that he could die on the cross. He chose to sacrifice himself, die on the cross, and then he did a beautiful thing. He overcame death. He came back three days later so that you could be in relationship with God again. It's what... I've learned is called a divine transaction. (laughs) He took his perfect life, a sinless life, and switched spots with your sinful life. And he said, if you believe in me, you're covered. You don't have to worry about eternity anymore. Amen. So you have an opportunity today to accept that. If you don't know Jesus, you have an opportunity to accept that today. It says, if you confess with your lips and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. There it is. That's all you need to do. You don't need to worry about cleaning up your life. You don't need to worry about anything past this this very moment. This is all that matters right now. I've heard this term used a lot, but you could walk out today and have something terrible happen. And if you don't know who Jesus is and you don't claim to be in relationship with him and you don't believe in him, there is a hell. I'm just going to be honest with you today. There is. It exists. Heaven's real. Hell's real. God is real. Jesus Christ existed. You have an opportunity to accept that today. And if you are in this room right now, and you do claim the name, you are a believer, this is a time for you to reflect for a couple minutes. Like I said, there will be people up here to pray with you. Think about the message today. Have you been remorseful instead of repentant? Repent today. Make it right. Do you want to be free? Do you want to be healed? (laughs) You have that opportunity today. Mandy's going to come up here and play some music. Thank you guys so much for coming to church today. (laughs) I know that it's not always a popular decision, especially during the NFL season. (laughs) So appreciate you guys being out here. There'll be people up here to pray with you. Take this moment seriously. I cannot stress it enough. I guess I'll give a little background for those of you who don't know who I am. You know, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know who Jesus was. You know, I was, I got saved at 21. I think I was 21 years old when I got saved. I'm 28 now. What a journey he's put me on since then. Um, You know, 
I didn't understand life. I thought it was useless. I didn't understand what the purpose was. I felt like I didn't have one. And yet, the entire time, little did I know, God loved me so much to just keep watching over me all those years. (laughs) You can experience that today, whether you know him or you don't. Because even when you do know him, you can go through times before you feel so far away. And I get that. I'm with you. But man, there's so much freedom to be had if you just accept it and do what he tells you to do. He's out for your good. So yes, I didn't understand. I didn't get it. But man, he had so much to show me. And he still does. But man, he loves me so much and he loves you so much. He loves you so much more than you can even understand. And in that moment, when I decided to go, you know what, like, (laughs) I think there's something to this Christianity thing. (laughs) He did a lot with that, man. (laughs) He did. He gave me a beautiful church. He gave me a family when I feel like I didn't have one. He's put me on a stage (laughs) to to speak his message. And he's given me a purpose, a purpose I didn't even understand I had. (laughs) He gives your life meaning in everything. If you just accept it today, it's all you have to do. So yes, there'll be a few minutes here where they'll be up here to pray for you. Take it serious. Whether you know him or not, please. Because man, you don't know what's happening in a few minutes. You don't. You have this moment right now. Be in it. Thank you guys so much for being here today and listening. I love you all. Have a great day.